0: Accusations of profiling. He took one look at me, looked at that letter and thought there is no way in hell a young black male can accomplish
1: the things that he has. A UBC student says he's had enough.
2: I think
3: it's a dirty open secret.
1: Casting call for diversity. What's missing from all those movies of the week?
4: I'm just sick and tired of it
1: and keeping hockey hopes alive.
4: No better way to bond when guys are in the same city for for a long period of time.
1: Vancouver's odds of being a hub city and confusion about just who would be included.
4: You're watching Global BC.
5: This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. New police dashcam video has been released as part of a court case involving Alan Adam, the chief of a Northern Alberta First Nation. A warning first, the video of his arrest may be disturbing, but that very quality, a disturbing scene of a violent arrest, has now gripped the country and has leaders from all parties asking questions about our national police force. Global's chief political correspondent David Aiken has more.
4: 2 a.m., March 10th. Outside the casino in Fort McMurray, an RCMP cruiser's dash cam switches on to record an officer investigating an expired license plate sticker. The truck belongs to Alan Adam. He's the chief of the Athabascan Chippewaian First Nation. He's a passenger this evening. His wife, Frida, is driving. The incident quickly escalates.
6: We have all now seen the shocking video of Chief Adam's arrest, and we must
2: get to the bottom of this.
4: What happens on this police video is the officer tries to arrest Adam's wife. Adam is agitated and upset. He intervenes. The officer now tries to arrest Adam, and almost immediately, a second officer barrels in, jump-tackling Adam, and while on top of him, delivers a blow to Adam's head. Adam is hauled away, charged with assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. He spends the night in an RCMP jail and emerges the next morning looking like this. The 12-minute dash cam video is now evidence that Adams' legal team put before an Alberta court Thursday to have the charges thrown out. The RCMP maintained that the actions of their officers were, quote, reasonable. Adams' lawyer says that's nonsense. This is one of the clearest cases of unnecessary police brutality. Adam's legal team also says his arrest is the latest evidence of racism in the RCMP. They say a non-indigenous person held for an expired license plate sticker would never have been so violently arrested. And on Friday, the Prime Minister acknowledged that that allegation, systemic racism in the force, cannot be ignored.
6: We also know that this is not an isolated incident. Far too many black Canadians and indigenous people do not feel safe around
4: police. It's
6: unacceptable.
4: As for that dash cam video, it is now at the heart of an investigation by Alberta's Civilian Police Review Agency to determine if there was police wrongdoing. David Aiken, Global News, Ottawa. Well,
1: the spotlight right now on the issue of racism and police brutality may have been brought to the forefront by the death of George Floyd in the United States. But there have been many examples in recent days on this side of the border as well, including the video you just saw out of Alberta. Our Keith Baldry joins us with more. And Keith, we are hearing from political leaders on all levels. Today, Premier John Mm -hmm. Horgan responded to a call from Vancouver's mayor for a comprehensive review of policing in the province.
7: Yeah, I don't think uh, Mr. Stewart impressed a lot of uh, the NDP Mm -hmm. government ministers with his call out of the blue yesterday without any details of what he's looking for. And today, Premier John Horgan pointed out that if Kennedy Stewart wants to make serious changes to the police, he's got the powers to do that because he's the chair of the police board and they set the budget. Uh, But he also talks about how uh, there is going to be changes because there's going to be an all-party committee looking at the 45-year-old police act. Here's Premier John Horgan. I do know he is the chair of the Vancouver Police Board, so is in a good position to implement changes himself. Uh, But on the broader question of uh, the Police Act, which governs policing across the province, uh, Minister Farnworth and I have had discussions about this for the past couple of weeks. And I believe yesterday he announced that he's going to be establishing through the legislature an all-party committee to review the Police Act. So the House comes back June 22nd. That's when this committee will be struck, an all-party committee. Uh, nothing's going to happen very quickly, though. I just talked to Mike Farnworth moments ago. He tells me this is going to likely be a lengthy process. It's a mammoth act. Uh, could require some significant changes. We're in the middle of a pandemic when the House isn't sitting a lot. Hard to have committee meetings, but uh, some work's going to get done. Maybe some changes in front of the House next spring. Mm-hmm. Sorry.
1: All right, thanks for that, Keith Baldry in Victoria. Well, there are accusations tonight of racial profiling at the University of British Columbia. A black grad student is speaking out about what he calls a misuse of power and being unfairly targeted because of his race. He says he was trying to enter a campus building and had a nasty encounter with security. Remina Dea has the details, including what UBC administration has to say. I am
0: risking everything I've worked my entire life for to make sure
8: that the world is a better place for anyone that looks like me. It's a risk to go public six months before completing his master's degree. But UBC graduate student Savoy Williams felt compelled to do it. So this one is the letter that was provided to the security guard. Williams tried to enter Buchanan Tower on campus on Monday in order to use his supervisor's office. Despite having written permission from his professor his UBC ID and following security protocols Williams says the security guard who is a person of color did not allow him to enter he went out of his way to
0: interrogate the authenticity of my letter that I provided from that my supervisor provided on my behalf
8: Williams' supervisor, Dina Al-Kassim, confirms she was not contacted by campus security. The questioning continuing for 22 minutes, says Williams. Before things escalated, he chose
0: to leave. It's a slap in the face. I pay to be on that campus just like every other student,
8: but yet I am treated differently because I am a black student. William's case, not the first racial profiling allegation on campus. He accused me of stealing his laptop. Shelby McPhee, a graduate student from Nova Scotia, falsely accused of stealing a laptop while at UBC for a conference last year.
9: I think it's pretty common knowledge that black students don't have a good experience at UBC.
8: UBC says campus security has apologized and William's concerns are being taken very seriously. The university committing to engaging an external agency to better address racism.
0: End racial profiling on campus. I want for every black student to dream big, to shoot for the stars, and to believe that they will be supported in doing so.
8: Romina Dea, Global News.
1: Well, B.C. businessman and UBC alum David Sidhu has just lost his order of British Columbia. The province announcing his membership was terminated today following his involvement in the college admission scandal south of the border. Earlier this year, the former CFL player pleaded guilty to hiring someone to take the SATs in place of his two sons to ensure they would secure higher scores. He was among 50 prominent parents, university coaches and others charged last year the order of BC is the province's highest order and has never before been terminated. After six days without any deaths from COVID-19 in BC, the number of fatalities increased today. A person in the Vancouver Coastal Health region has died, bringing the total to 168. There are 16 new cases for a total of 2,709 across the province. Twelve people remain in hospital. Three of them are in intensive care. And there are 187 active cases in B.C. 2,354 people who tested positive have now recovered. A B.C. family is suffering yet another unintended consequence of the provincial government's ban on evictions during the COVID-19 state of emergency. As Paul Johnson reports, not only are they being kept out of their new home, they're paying rent and can't get their deposit back on the sale.
2: As if B.C.'s real estate and rental economy wasn't already emotionally charged. Wait till you hear about this side effect of the province's eviction suspension
10: house
1: closings um, that are being thrown off the rails by this as an
10: unintended consequence.
2: Ashley Sire is a Vancouver lawyer specializing in real estate. She says in normal times, the seller of a home that's been rented out would give notice to the tenants that they had to move out if the new owner's plan is to live there. But with evictions for situations like that currently suspended, some tenants can and are simply refusing to leave.
1: The concern is that there's going to be a domino effect of collapsing transactions.
2: In one of the worst cases we've heard about, one family couldn't move into the house they'd put a contract on because the tenant wouldn't leave. They'd sold their previous house, so they're having to rent. They can't get their deposit back, and they're having to pay a lawyer to sort it all out.
7: I know there's a great
2: deal of anxiety in the community uh, around uh, COVID-19 and the consequences. That's Premier Horgan responding to a question about the ban on commercial evictions set to expire at the end of next month. Advocates for residential landlords tell Global News it's time for Victoria to come up with some kind of time frame for lifting the eviction ban for them as well. The Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing told Global News they believe these cases are rare and they're watching the situation. All agree, though. For the time being, we're in uncharted territory. Anyone selling or buying a home with an existing tenant ought to be planning very carefully.
1: Where the financial responsibility and the legal responsibility lies is a bit of a moving target right now.
2: Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: After a three-month break, a Friday night movie date is now a real possibility. Hollywood, three cinemas locations in Surrey, Pitt Meadows and on Vancouver Island are up and running. The BC-owned chain is one of the first theatres in Canada to get the green light from health officials to reopen. Capacity at the venues has been reduced though with a maximum of 50 people in each theatre. The company says it is also following other recommended safety measures. Well, there has been a lot of speculation about which North American cities will become hubs for the return of the NHL. Tonight, Richard Zussman reports on some new insight on Vancouver's current chances of hosting hockey this summer.
3: It's been a major selling point of Vancouver's bid to become a hub city. Vancouver remains a desirable location for families to come. But it's now unclear whether families are even welcome if the NHL returns. BC's top doctor signing off on Vancouver's bid to play host in an attempt to finish the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was a very um, detailed, well-thought-out plan that did not involve families coming for the players at that time. The confusion seems to come from the fact there was more than one plan. The NHL Players Association wants families from outside Canada to be able to come here, while the NHL plan seems to exclude families once the playoff begins. We have narrowed the choices to a number There are parts of the NHL plan, still not released publicly, that are more clear. There will be less than 50 people in Vancouver from each team. The teams will stay in a bubble for the entire playoffs, not just during the quarantine. All NHL personnel, including players, will receive multiple COVID-19 tests today and players will not interact with the public. They would be in their bubble for the entire time that they're here, so not just 14 days. Dr. Henry has asked the federal government to sign off allowing players, coaches and team officials coming from outside Canada to do so together during the 14-day required quarantine. Even with the change, people familiar with the process have told Global News for now, Vancouver's bid still seems less desirable than Edmonton, where there are more rinks and hotels downtown. The opposition BC Liberals say the Premier is spending too much time on this issue. There's
7: a whole lot of other businesses uh, in this province that are struggling right now that need direction from the Premier, need to know uh, when the province is going to open up. Then there's the question of what
3: will happen if someone tests positive for COVID-19. So if somebody did test positive, there would be a plan for how that team would all... Um, be um, isolated. A measure that if it unfolded during play would in essence end that team's chance of competing for the Stanley Cup. The NHL is expected to announce the two hub cities before the end of this month. Richard Zussman, Global News
1: the vancouver park board is getting more pushback on its plans to potentially restrict vehicle traffic in stanley park the iconic teahouse is adding its voice to a growing list of restaurants shops and attractions expressing their concerns the park board has allowed some vehicles back into the park after shutting down all traffic during the height of the pandemic but with reduced lanes now. The Tea House says with limited transit in the park and the fact many park businesses are located in remote areas, restricting vehicle traffic would make it difficult for customers to get to them.
11: Most of our guests uh, come for dinner uh, uh, and lunchtime as well, but they come here as a special occasion restaurant, so they're driving in, they're, they're dressed up, we're a fine dining establishment. So if there's no parking or if there's no traffic in, in the park, then uh, I I could see that being pretty much the end of the tea house.
1: The park board is currently considering permanent changes to vehicles in Stanley Park. A number of businesses and attractions and advocates for the disabled are worried restrictions will hurt more people than they'll help. A high-profile RCMP officer is adding her voice to the debate over police participation in the Vancouver Pride Festival.
12: Change does happen from the inside and also with the help of Um, activism on the outside
1: the story behind the surrey mounties viral tweet and why a member of her own family was once purged from the force in just over a minute standoff in seattle protesters take over a well-known neighborhood that story coming up later plus please 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 invade us a tongue-in-cheek request from trevor noah and the daily show still ahead Right now, though, the Vancouver Pride Society says it's standing by its decision to ban police and corrections officers from this year's Pride events over mounting concerns about police brutality. But a high-profile LGBTQ2 RCMP officer says the complex issues surrounding discrimination and police accountability should instead lead to greater dialogue. Jordan Armstrong reports.
5: Corporal Eleanor Sturco isn't used to being the story. She's much more used to sharing stories and information in her job as the public face of BC's largest RCMP detachment.
12: I love it. This is an excellent job.
5: But on Wednesday, after the Vancouver Pride Society announced police officers are no longer welcome to march in the annual parade, Sterko expressed her disappointment in a tweet that's been liked and interacted with hundreds of times.
12: Do I think that it's a step back? No. I think that it's a step to the side where someone else is now being helped with their issues moving to the forefront. Um, I just wish that we could be there together.
5: Before Sterko joined the RCMP 11 years ago, she was in the military and she recalls one of the unwritten rules of training on a confidence course.
12: That when you make it over an obstacle, you turn around and you help the person who's behind you, right? So maybe when you look at it from that point of view, where you know, LGBT rights, they're, they're definitely not, um, we still have more work to do, but we've come a long way. So maybe it's time for us to reach out to the person who's maybe a little bit behind.
5: Stirco is a proud member of an institution that wasn't always accepting of her community and even a member of her own family. Her great uncle, Sergeant Dave Van Norman, was forced to resign from the RCMP in the 1960s for being gay. Three years ago, Sturko traveled to Ottawa for the official apology. And Friday, she received a letter from the RCMP commissioner and a Pride citation on behalf of her late relative.
12: And I'm just really grateful that I actually do have the support of the RCMP and and I really do hope that we can um, make things better.
5: The Vancouver Pride Society says the decision to ban police from marching is for now, not necessarily forever.
10: But When it comes to the parade, the one thing that is ours for the community, our community says not now.
5: Sturko says she is listening to the community but she believes that real change comes not just from activists outside an organization but also inside.
12: A career in policing isn't at the top of everyone's list right now considering how people are feeling about police but we need people to help us
1: to join us from all backgrounds.
5: Jordan Armstrong, Global News.
1: Quick thinking by a 9-year-old girl.
9: I was really scared but I had but I knew I thought in my head I have to be brave. Brother, brother.
1: What yeah. she spotted that helped save her grandmother?
9: Plus, a BC dad's
1: big ride in honor of his son.
5: Delta above an ongoing crash investigation that has River Road blocked between Hopcott and Ross Road. Just stick to Highway 17 as an alternate route. Bank securely from anywhere, anytime with CIBC, whether it's paying bills, depositing checks, or transferring money in Canada and around the world. With CIBC, you can do it all 24-7. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above a closure in Delta.
1: It's the acronym used to recognize the signs and symptoms of a stroke. And a young Prince George girl recently put her knowledge to the test. FAST, FAST, stands for face. Is it drooping? Arms, can you raise both? Speech, is it slurred or jumbled? And time to call 911. It's something Emily Coyle learned earlier this year at school. And on a recent weekend visit with her grandparents, she put those skills into action.
9: Her face was the first thing that happened, and it just drooped down, and then, and then her arms. I was really scared, but I had, but I knew. I thought in my head, I have to be brave because, like, these things happen, and you just gotta be brave, and you gotta do what you can. After a series of tests
1: and scans, it was determined her grandmother had had a mini stroke. Doctors also detected a small aneurysm, and she's now awaiting a procedure in Vancouver which has been delayed due to COVID-19. Oh, yeah. A Vancouver Island man who lost his son to cancer had been planning to take on one of the world's hardest bike races to raise money for Canuck Place Children's Hospice. The 4,400-kilometer Tour Divide race from Banff to the Mexican border was supposed to start today, but was canceled due to the pandemic. However, as Brad McLeod reports, that's just forced Stephen Mohan to get creative.
11: During treatment, our rally cry was onwards we go a sentiment which has seen stephen mohan through so much heartbreak he should be starting the bike ride of his life right now the race was 4,400 kilometers long and i was counting on finishing it in 20 days or less but the disappointment much deeper his son jasper should be celebrating his birthday on the same day he passed away from a brain tumor seven years ago when he was just 15. I was going to take him along a bit for the ride uh, on the forks of my bike I have his name and some of the other kids that we met in treatment that didn't make it. Mohan wanted to raise money for Canuck Place Children's Hospice, the people who provided Jasper with a painless and peaceful passing. Shook Barb and said hey I think he's getting ready to go and she put her, her hand on his chest and felt his last bits of, his last few heartbeats and he took one last breath and then he was gone. But as Jasper would say, onwards we go. The Tour Divide bike race goes from Banff all the way to the Mexican border. But COVID and closed borders stopped the race, though Canuck Place's needs remain.
13: We have over 818 children and families on our program from across British Columbia and Yukon. So the
11: race is now virtual. Folks can hop on their bikes at home, ride around their neighborhood go for a longer ride. And people can donate money for every click they ride. They can also see the progress on the website. Mohan's family forever indebted to those who provided a beautiful goodbye for their boy. The window was open and the curtains were blowing in the wind. And so it was a real special moment. And uh, we couldn't have, I can't imagine that taking place anywhere else. Brad McLeod, Global News.
1: Just ahead, a trip to the dentist in the COVID era.
11: We were pleasantly surprised
7: that people were uh, clamoring to get back into the office.
1: How things have changed under new pandemic procedures. Plus.
3: The buyers don't like openly gay couples or interracial couples.
1: Movies of the week missing key faces from the community. The film industry insiders now speaking out.
5: Is moving well in both directions over here at the Massey Tunnel this evening. Counterflow is out in two lanes in both directions. When you buy a lottery ticket or play at a casino in BC, our healthcare, schools, and community programs benefit BCLC. With every play, you're making BC even better.
14: I'm Trishy listening Global One at the Massey Tunnel.
1: In Seattle tonight, protesters are digging in after taking over four square blocks and forcing police out. And now Donald Trump is threatening to send in the U.S. military to end the standoff. In Seattle's
14: hip Capitol Hill neighborhood, the East Police Precinct has a new name. It's a symbol of the dramatic transformation triggered by more than a week of violent clashes with tear gas and flashbangs. (laughs) <laughs> Between police and protesters calling for an end to police brutality in the name of George Floyd. What do you hope to tell the world out here as you protest? I just want justice, and so we just want it now. In an unexpected move this week, police boarded up and left the East Precinct, hoping protesters would disperse. But they stayed, creating the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ, over several city blocks to gather, paint murals, and plant gardens without a cop in sight. However peaceful, the scene here prompting President Trump to threaten military action again today, calling protesters terrorists.
15: We're not going to let this happen in Seattle. If we have to go in, we're going to go in. The governor's either going to do it, Let the governor do it. He's got great National Guard troops. He can do it. But one way or the other, it's going to get done.
14: While the zone remains peaceful, the police chief, who is the first black woman to lead the department, is now concerned their absence from the area is threatening public safety.
0: Our 911 uh, response times have tripled in the area. They've gone from just over five minutes to about 18 minutes for the really important um, calls that we're responding to.
14: As the zone grows, police say they plan to return, promising something will change.
0: When I look at you, I see my own family members right in your face, right?
14: So it is time for us to have dialogue and have change, and I'm all for it. Jolene Kent, NBC News, Seattle.
1: Two Metro Vancouver police officers who spent 10 months detained in Cuba will face disciplinary proceedings here in B.C., Vancouver Police Constable Mark Sims and Port Moody Police Constable Jordan Long were taken into custody in March 2018 after Sims was accused of engaging in sexual activity with a then 17-year-old girl from Ontario who was on vacation in Veradero. Long was held as a material witness to the alleged crime. In January of 2019, they were allowed to return home after being acquitted by a Cuban court. Now, following an investigation here in BC, the Office of the Police Complaints Commissioner has decided there is enough evidence to go ahead with a disciplinary proceeding on July 8 for discreditable conduct. The Hallmark Channel and its romantic movies have become one of the pillars of BC's film industry, but the company has come under fire for a distinct lack of on screen diversity. Now a well known Vancouver talent agent is speaking up, saying despite earlier promises to be more inclusive, Hallmark has barely changed. John Waugh reports.
16: It was a major Hallmark production filmed in Gibson's, B.C. So you think everything
12: is god looking at me?
16: But what allegedly happened behind the scenes of this movie, one extra said was like a nightmare shot before Christmas.
13: Hallmark has this policy against... uh, interracial couple representation.
16: Nearly two years after Global News first reported on the allegations, industry insiders are once again speaking out. A lot of my
14: clients don't want to work for TV movies and for Hallmark anymore.
16: Yogi Omar, who first spoke to Global News in 2018 on condition of anonymity, is now going public. Claiming not much in the industry has changed.
14: Casting would just take them and then they get to set and this other three extra people or four extra people, they just got pushed to the side, they just got pushed to the back and they're just not visible.
16: The current and growing backlash in response to this Hallmark post in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. One Vancouver casting director tweeting, last time we worked for them, no interracial couples were allowed. Why? Also, why did the creative notes for black actors to be less hood, do better?
14: If we speak up, we're being punished. If we're saying something, we're not being hired.
16: Crown Media, the parent company for Hallmark, putting the blame on local production companies. Sending the same statement from 2018, stating third-party vendors are all told, programs and their characters should reflect the wide diversity of our audience, keeping in mind the importance of dignity to every human being.
14: They will never say it, that there are no interracial couples on their policies, but they're just not going to buy it. I think it's a dirty, open secret.
16: Filmmaker Joel McCarthy says the problem isn't just Hallmark, but many movies of the week that make up more than a third of the work here in Vancouver.
3: The executive I was talking to uh, slipped in that they also, the buyers don't like openly gay couples or interracial couples.
16: That allegedly happened this month. And with the industry currently on pause because of the COVID-19 pandemic, These whistleblowers hope a restart will finally end what they say is systemic racism. John Hua, Global News.
1: We're getting an inside look tonight at the extra steps some dentists are taking to make sure their offices are safe now that they're reopening. As Linda Ellsworth reports, for some clinics, it goes well beyond checking temperatures and using sanitizer.
10: Slowly but surely, dental clinics are starting to reopen. But where safety is concerned, the nature of the job presents special challenges. In
0: dentistry, there's no physical distancing between the dental provider and the patient. So uh, it is a very intimate uh, relationship.
10: For patients, it begins by calling on arrival and waiting to be invited inside.
7: Once the patient comes into the office, they hand sanitize, we take their temperature. Perfect. 36 degrees, that's great. We record what time they come in and we also record what time they go out.
10: For staff, (laughs) safety measures include personal protective equipment.
7: N95s are available to our staff. The other PPE that we use with the full gowns, um, face shields and surgical masks under a face shield.
10: But many dental practices are going above and beyond the guidelines.
0: We felt that we needed to do something to... um, deal with the aerosol issue.
10: Aerosol in the form of the moisture that tends to fly out of one's mouth during procedures and could contain COVID-19. Face shields help. So does this air filtration unit.
7: You'll notice that there's this little orange thing in front of you. It also picks up the aerosol.
10: As always, surfaces are wiped down with disinfectant. But in addition, at Enhanced Dental...
12: We're actually disinfecting our floors after every patient and then the room is actually closed and not used for a minimum of an hour
10: after every patient at the house sound dental group uv germicidal bulbs have been added
7: that uh, disinfect not only the surface areas of chairs and and countertops but also uh, disinfect the
10: air the extra measures mean patient turnover is slower an inconvenience we must bear for our own good Linda Aylesworth Global News
1: Still to come, university sports up in the air. Why SFU might be at a unique disadvantage during the pandemic. And the late night talk show making a plea to Canada.
2: States are already basically Canadian, Uh, Minnesota, (laughs) Maine...
1: The Daily Show calls on Canada to invade its southern neighbor, the fake PSA that's getting real traction right after Yvonne's forecast. But just before we get to Yvonne, put this in your calendar for next weekend. Father's Day is on Sunday. The PNE calls this their barbecue combination of barbecue and custom car show that'll run from June 18th through the 21st. Customers can pre-order a package that includes barbecue ribs, poutine, or mac and cheese from some of the fair's good vendor or food vendors, and they can pick it up during a specific time slot. Classic cars will also be on display. The es first drive-through featuring mini donuts was so popular, the fair was forced to add an extra day. Nice to see we can still experience a little bit (laughs) of the PNE during the pandemic. Totally, Uh, Yvonne.
9: Making me hungry, so I know. Well, almost dinner time. Blue sky, I see. Yeah, a little bit of a break. Some ominous-looking clouds. We are tracking some active weather, especially for the interior, and I'll show you that in just a moment. We do have some breaks on the way for the weekend, so it's not a complete washout. And I'll show you the timeline in just a moment. We're sitting at 15 degrees. We do have a southeasterly wind out of the airport right now at 22 kilometers per hour. So we are still seeing a heavier band of rain towards the east. We'll still see a chance of showers with a fair bit of cloud cover for all areas across Metro. Vancouver but at this hour we've got active weather we've got a severe thunderstorm warning indicated for the following areas that are in red the Columbia included within that with a line of thunderstorms and the southern Okanagan as well Penticton is included within that and what we'll see over the next hour or so strong wind gusts that are near these thunderstorms the risk of large hail potentially nickel size we are looking at heavy rain and lightning and then all other areas in the Okanagan also looking underneath the severe thunderstorm watch so keep it close eye on that especially over the next hour or so now as we get in towards the evening the thunderstorm activity is going to ease off most areas for the south coast it's mainly cloudy with the chance of showers we are going to see a drier start to the morning but cloud cover for the south coast breaks on our sunday and then the next wave is going to push in towards the evening overnight temperatures down to 11 degrees tomorrow it'll warm up slightly Closer to the average with a high up to 19. And then midweek, we'll start to see an increase in temperatures. The northern half of the province, rain is going to be heaviest for the morning hours. It picks up for the afternoon for all areas across the central interior. Southern interior, periods of rain and heavy at times. We'll see mainly cloudy skies with the chance of showers for all areas across the south coast. Some breaks on our Sunday, but they like Sunday and towards our Monday. Rain and heavy at times. And then warming up midweek onwards. A beautiful shot. This is our central windows, weather window tonight. And this was the sunset yesterday in Kamloops by Ed. Thank you so much, Sophie. We're back yeah. to you.
1: Great photographers in this province. Thank you very much, Yvonne. Well, correspondents from Trevor Noah's The Daily Show have a unique proposal for Canada. They've issued a spoof PSA. We think it's a spoof, appealing for us to invade America. It's all in the name of comedy, but their passionate plea has gained a lot of attention.
7: It's time for someone to invade the United States, specifically Canada. That's right. We're asking the good people of Canada to invade us. Please,
1: The correspondents jokingly lament America is a country in crisis, ravaged by disease, where the economy has collapsed and soldiers patrol the streets. Now, in a petition, they say they're calling on Canada to invade the United States and restore democracy. And they're asking people to sign an online petition. It has garnered more than 50,000 signatures so far. And the hashtag invade us Canada is trending on Twitter.
6: Remember years ago, the blame Canada song?
1: Yeah, it's changed now. Yes, now
6: they want us. Oh, now they want.
1: Us. <laughs> now they want, it. and that could actually—we could just change the lyrics in the song, and the tune would still work.
6: Actually, you're right.
1: If you think about Very it. Fitting. Unfortunately,
6: Robin Williams is no longer around to mm-hmm. sing it, which he did at the Academy Awards, I believe. Oh, that's right. Anyway, it uh, looks like we won't be seeing. Mm, it's too bad, really. Any sushi races this summer?
5: <laughs>
2: Ooh,
6: that's good. I bet on the soy sauce. Uh, we probably won't see any Vancouver Canadians baseball this year either at Nat Bailey Stadium as the season is indefinitely postponed.
1: So now I'm craving sushi. Thanks, Squire. Also, I had the best part of Friday satellite debris. No sushi races. I know. Squire.
10: What?
6: I know. Maybe they could have a sushi race like Granville Street or something. Uh, The league, the Vancouver Canadians play in the Northwest League, says it is indefinitely delaying the start of the season, which, of course, is absolutely no surprise. Actually, the surprising part is they haven't just cancelled it altogether because the 2020 season for minor leagues in baseball is not going to happen. Even Major League Baseball doesn't know if it can play a shortened season because the owners and players are still fighting over how they can work out a deal to play. Doing the Baywatch slow walk, Rory McElroy, world's number one player and he had a pretty good round today, 63 at the Charles Schwab Challenge. That is a lovely approach shot, he is two off the lead at minus nine. Corey Connors, top Canadian had a great start birdies on four of his first five holes didn't finish as well but he's still minus seven adam hadwin's minus four there is your leader harold varner he started with a triple bogey seven and then birdied five of his last six holes he has a one-shot lead over spieth and dechambeau canadian universities that play in canada exclusively know their fall sports have been compromised because of the pandemic so no national championships no games essentially but sfu because it plays in the NCAA, still doesn't really know what its fate is for fall sports, but you can pretty much guess they won't be able to play unless there's a huge unexpected change.
15: These fields will likely remain quiet at SFU, at least for the first few months of the school year. Teams will be able to practice and work out, but even though it's not official yet, it's hard to believe there will be competition. SFU, of course, competes in the NCAA. All of their opponents are American schools.
12: Even if border restrictions ease and to allow people to to travel back and forth, but there's a 14-day quarantine, that's not a viable option for our, our student-athletes and our coaches either.
15: SFU is one of 11 schools in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, and since they are the only Canadian school, it wouldn't be a stretch to think the conference could have a 2020 season without Simon Fraser. So far, GNAC hasn't made any official announcements, but one is expected by the end of the month as far as just practicing and maybe playing exhibitions against fellow Canadian schools, well that won't happen either.
12: We would not be able to participate in any scrimmages or exhibition games. It's not permissible under NCAA rules and they would lose a year of eligibility. So um, obviously if we don't have a fall season, we want to preserve their eligibility. We want to ensure that um, we support them in the best way we can.
15: Possibly SFU could apply for an exception to that rule given the circumstances, but right now there are certainly more questions than answers, which is hardly comfort for student-athletes who just may be playing out of luck.
12: For young student-athletes, you know, that's their world. When, when you're 18 to 24 and you lose a season of
1: competition, um, it's, it's so disappointing.
6: That is for sure. All right, over to you.
1: All right, thank you, Squire. Let's check in with
10: Ann Drua for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Ann? Thanks, Sophia. Metro Vancouver Pub that's been around for more than four decades says it may not be able to reopen because it can't get insurance. We'll explain why. And a close call involving a runaway truck on a hill in White Rock. We'll show you how that all ended. Plus, the city of Vancouver has issued more patio permits and installed its first temporary pop-up plaza, allowing a restaurant to expand out onto the street. Those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Sophie. All right. Thanks for that, Anne.
1: Stick around. Satellite Debris is next. Time to recognize one of our BC healthcare heroes. Tonight's nomination comes from the staff at Surrey Memorial Hospital, and they wanted to give a big thanks to Dr. Marietta Vandenberg. Dr. Marietta is not only a psychiatrist and the physician quality lead at Surrey Memorial, she has also been a calming voice in the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic for frontline staff. She's spoken many times to staff during virtual town halls about their mental health, wellness and resilience as healthcare workers during the COVID response. Staff say while most have had moments where they feel overwhelmed, listening to Dr. Marietta's words brought them comfort and validated their feelings. Dr. Marietta Vandenberg, the staff at Surrey Memorial say you are their healthcare hero, for you are the healthcare hero for the healthcare heroes, I should say, and we wanna thank you for helping those on the front lines navigate the complex feelings and reality of the COVID crisis. If you have a healthcare hero you would like to see recognized, send us an email to bchealthcareheroes at globalnews.ca. Include a few pictures, and a story about why they're your hero, and they just might be featured next. Okay, welcome back to the desk, by the way. (laughs) It's been a while. This is our phase two. One day I'll (laughs) be
6: allowed back to.
1: Well, maybe in phase four, Squire, we'll see. It's gonna be a while. It is your turn though.
6: Okay, thank you. So um, anyway, let us begin satellite debris tonight by um, enjoying the new dance craze, the TurboTax dance.
13: Wow. Ooh. Oh, people. Oh. oh.
6: On, who isn't doing that right
1: now? And to do my I taxes. Get, it looks like a tax dance somehow. It's, 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 it's funny.
6: Okay, <laughs> uh, you may have seen this one. I thought I'd throw it in. If you're a fan of uh, '80s heavy metal music, you might recognize Rat with two T's in this one. Here you go.
11: New house is amazing. So much character.
1: Original crown molding, walk-in closets. We
2: do have a rat problem. <laughs>
12: At
11: least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy.
13: It does help us save.
4: For bundling made easy, go to geico.com. I didn't still
6: even there. know they were still around. Uh, okay, last but not least, old favorite from Bud Light, Bud uh, Light. Sushi restaurant. We actually had sushi. Remember the sushi races? We're gonna finish with more sushi. Here we
5: are. It's this Nagafuki surprise.
13: If you can eat Nagafuki surprise, whole table get Bud Light. Hey, hey. Yes. 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 I'm Nagafuki surprise.
5: Been to Japan. <laughs> Can't surprise me.
13: Eight <laughs> Bud Light and one Nagafuki surprise. Hey. <laughs> huh,
6: look at this. What's the
2: big? <laughs>
0: Refreshingly smooth Bud Light. Always worth it. Tastes kind of funny.
13: It lay eggs now. Enjoy.
1: Aliens there with that one. That was a classic. Aliens. And I watch. think that, like, sure. definitely sushi is on the menu for tonight. Then. Yeah, I'm getting very hungry. That's um, all sushi. We should mention it's somebody's birthday and not the two people sitting on the desk. Oh, yeah. Whose is it? Well, that leaves you, really, so.
6: Well, there's a whole <laughs> world full of people that could have been born on June I'm sure well. there were. I'm more sure people. there are a few.
1: But you are one of them. Happy birthday, Happy oh, birthday you, Squire. Happy birthday, Squire. And now it's in my calendar for all of eternity. Yes. I forgot. Are you
6: going to mention it next year as well? I will, because I'll get a reminder. Oh, that's too bad.
1: <laughs>
9: Should we start singing for you?
6: No, you don't have are to. Are you sure? I'm okay. actually quite sure.
9: Okay. Happy birthday, to you. Yeah. That's it. Have a good <laughs> night, all. Have a good weekend.